Hey, I'm Mark. And I'm Chris. And we're the Leftovers. No, we're not. Yes, we are. I did not agree to that. So, Mark, when you hear relationship, what do you, what is your definition of relationship? Usually, Chris, it's, I think of like a connection between two people of some sorts, whether it be with family or school setting or workplace, maybe a church setting. That's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. A lot of people come to think relationships are when you're in a relationship with somebody, you're dating them. But relationships are that also. They're the connections that you have with others, not only romantically, but through friendships, through family. Those are all different kinds of relationships. And I can... I guess today I see a lot of people are losing relationships. Goes back to people people wanting to be alone. So you think people are losing relationships more today than what time frame are we talking about? I mean, people's been losing relationships since the beginning of the time. But, but with the new rise of social media and everything, I see people aren't having... They have online relationships where they find people that they agree with on whether it's politics, uh, liking of a TV show. Uh, oh, we could go on and on there. Liking of movies, characters. You think back, though. We'll come back to that. Okay. Think to your earliest relationships, if you will, that very young, as far back as you can think, uh, relationship with mother and father. That's your first relationship. Siblings. That's the next. And then you yeah. have offshoots of that. Yeah. Cousins. Maybe. Uh, but anyway, your original relationships in your life, um, not that you had a whole lot of choice at the beginning because they're there, you're there. You're going to have some sort of relationship. So when we look at that, we look at, mom and dad relationship with you with you know early on how that looks how it grew and and maybe in some points of relationship did not grow went the other direction uh, but ebb and flow of relationships you also have with your parents but there's a connection there i think that regardless how some people try to rip it in half I think it's still a connection that you can't receive from any other relationship that you have. That's a connection that is always, always there. Yes, because your parents, no matter how bad or good that somebody would perceive their parent as, their parents will always have love for you. It might be shown in different ways, but Mm -hmm. they always have that love for you. Same thing with siblings and grandparents. And as you get further away from that core, I guess you call it core nucleus, the relationships are less and less based on the fact that people love you and more on people coming together through liking of different things. Where does grandparents come into play in early early, uh, kids' relationship? Uh, types. Where does grandparents come into play? That seems to be one of the earliest relationships you'll have, for for the most part. Some people probably never know their grandparents. Uh, maybe they weren't alive for all that goes. 
Um, but if if they're alive and connected to the to their children, um, I would think that a grandparent's relationship is just as it's not just as but close to the relationship to your own mother and father. I believe that a grandparent's relationship is not as important as a parent's, but it's close to there because yeah. where the parents are the structure that you see every mm-hmm. day, the grandparents, I hear it all the time. People talk about the parents have to discipline. The grandparents get the spool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's kind of where mm-hmm. you're at. And the parents are the ones who are supposed to be setting down the discipline, what right and wrong is mm-hmm. because the parents definition of right and wrong is going to differ in many of places than the grandparents did because but is that not where the parent received their raising if you will and now their morals yes are raising their children so some of what they learned early on their relationship with their mom and dad is now coming into play with their own children yeah because i mean i I go through with my kids seeing how the things that my parents did in raising me, some of the things I like, mm-hmm. and then the things that I didn't like, I'm trying to, you know, I try not to do with my kids. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just as normal as normal gets. That's what, that's what everybody but when tries. It com- but when it comes to grandparents, grandparents are usually the one that lets you have candy all the time yes or lets you watch as much tv as you want yes or what's wrong with any of that that all sounds great but but that's the thing you're all you're majority of the time around the parents where your parents do let you have fun and all that stuff they have they have to discipline you you think the stresses though of mother and father raising young children like you're doing right now raising young the stress is on you and your wife versus your mother and father or her mother and father, maybe their stresses are less uh, because they have lived, you know, longer life. Uh, maybe they understand, you know, hey, that's not really something to be stressed out about. But you've got to learn that. So they have an opportunity to enjoy the child a little more with the spoiling and whatnot uh, than you do. But, you know, I think relationship-wise, Mother and father's relationship with child, hey, I think is number one most important. Grandparents' relationships are right there. They're a 1A, 1B kind of deal. I think they're very important if you're able to have it. See, that's where I think it's a 1 and 2 thing. 1 and 2, sure. I mean, I get it. But it could be a 1 and 0 thing if the grandparent is, you know, subpar. (laughs) In their life, and their morals, or ever what but they I'm, look like, maybe you don't want your children to get around that. Yeah, but I mean, you also have to think of nowadays. You have so many people that are being raised by their grandparents. So I mean, the parent, the grandparents have to take take over the role of being the parent instead of being the grandparent. Yeah, and yeah, you're right, but. You know, I heard years ago, there's a guy I used to work with, and his life started mother and father, he and his sister, mother and father took off, 
left him with the grandparents. He was raised by his grandparents. Now, did he have a good raising? It seemed to me like well-structured man. Uh, everything seemed okay with him. But you wonder if he longed for that relationship with mom and dad that he never had. And so not only in today's world, but, you know, 100 years ago, this this was going on as well. Maybe more so. I don't know. I didn't live 100 years ago. But, you know, those type, when you thrust grandparents in the position to to raise grandchildren, they'll never be mom and dad. They'll always be grandmother and grandfather. You can even call them mom and dad. That's fine. But there's something there that they can't show you. They can't give you because they're not. They're not your parent. That's right. There's always that connection with. I mean, I hate to say that, but even with step parents, mm-hmm. when it comes to step parents, I see there's still that something mm-hmm. missing. Sure. Because they're they're adoptive, not yours. Adoptive parents. Adoption. Yeah. People. You, I mean, this has zero to do with love. You can love somebody out of the roof, as yes. they say, to the moon or how that goes. Uh, and, and, hey, that's that's great. But we're talking about that connection that you have as a relationship. Yeah. Go. That connection, the original mom and dad connection to that child is, is there's there's nothing else close to it or as important. Yes, there's many uh, situations. There's probably aunts and uncles that's had to raise a niece or a nephew and loves them like their own, you know. But that connection you would have relationship with mom and dad is just not the same. No, and there and there's nothing else that can replace it. Mm-mm. No. And I mean, same. I can't say same thing with brother. Close to it can be a brother or sister. Oh, yeah. Because you have, and having two siblings myself, mm-hmm. uh, the the type of relationship my brother and I have and my sister and I have are two separate relationships. Because, mm-hmm. Well, also because they're two separate people, but that just... But also it being the relationship with an older brother. And a younger sister. Versus a younger sister. Mm -hmm. The older and younger itself is going to be a different relationship. The fact that one's a male, one's a female, that's a different relationship. Yeah, because growing up, and still somewhat to this day, looking up to my brother, but not necessarily looking up to my sister. Thinking that she, she's looking at me for things that I'm doing in my life, of what to or what not. Sorry, what not to. You are the older brother in yes. this instance. But I, but I can't come at it from her position. I don't know if she looks up to me for anything. All I can go off is go off of that and ask her. Maybe ask her if she looks up to you, or ever did, or ever will. But I can come at it saying that. Do you find that your brother's, your brother's relationship with you, or your sister's relationship with you, would you? And I know they're different. You already stated that. 
but which one do you find to be i guess stronger is a is a word i'm trying to get out there a stronger relationship and it could be just situationally that you're closer to your sister in proximity so your relationship at the time is going to be stronger that that's kind of how i see it is i'm around my sister more i could talk to her more she also only has one kid where my brother has three and so they're always on the go, on the go. I don't get to see him as much as back in high school when I was a freshman. He's a senior. We both played football together. So we were, during school, we went to the same school. I, we weren't friends per se. Do but you think your relationship then was stronger with him than with your sister at the time? Oh, yeah. It's situational a lot of times. Yes. I think my, I had one brother older and, you know, generally I look to him, whether I said it or not, I look to him at an early age of how to act, what to do. Uh, when he got in trouble on the school bus, I knew I don't want to do that. I want to hit that guy in the face. I'll just sit here and I'll be quiet. Or if he got in trouble in church, if he got in trouble at school. Those are things I didn't want to do. So I was looking up to him of how to act early on. And then, you know, as we got older, uh, our relationship, it grew as we got older. And as we become adults, I still I still watched him to get uh, a cue on how to treat folks and these I remember a story so well. He, I had a, a sectional couch when I first got married, and I bought it used, a couple of hundred bucks. So a couple of years later, we're going to get us a new couch, new sectional. And to get rid of the old one, I thought I'll sell it. I'll make a couple hundred bucks back off of it. And so... I mentioned it. This was pre-Facebook Marketplace or Internet, as far as that goes. <laughs> it was a minute ago, okay? And so I had mentioned, you know, maybe we'll put it in the newspaper. <laughs> that shows how old it was. In the newspaper. In the newspaper. Oh, goodness. Uh, and I mentioned maybe selling it for a couple hundred bucks. And he says, hey, you know we don't do that. Why don't you just give it to somebody? And I was like, oh, what was I thinking? We'll just give it to somebody. That's exactly what I was going to say. But no, looking up to siblings, uh, you at your brother at a certain time, and you probably still do. I mean, that's yeah. not like you still use, you looked up to him at one time and now you don't. Oh, I guarantee, I, yeah. full out, I still look up to sure. my brother. These and days. always will. Yes. Always went. Now, Whether or not I see him once every six months mm-hmm. or I see him every week, yeah. I still look up to my brother. Yeah. Now, n- not see him every night and then every week. And the, think relationships change. Mm-hmm. People. People change. People. Yeah. Making rela- the relationships relationship fade mm-hmm. and they can, they can grow. But. What we've talked about so far, mom and dad, grandparents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, that kind of thing, 
there's a connection there that you didn't necessarily have to work toward to get. Yes. It was kind of already worked in there for you. Yes. And that's where friendships can come in because I could see friendships taking, I don't want to say taking the place of, but being, I guess you could call it a filler, filling in the places where. Like a hot dog. No, I just, that's because, okay, I've, my wife and I, we have friends that we talk to on a regular basis. We go out to dinner on a regular basis. We go to their kids' functions. They can, they come to our kids' functions. They, it's more of a. How would you put that title on that relationship? Situational? Uh, chapter in life. I don't. It's not workplace. I mean, no. We we met them at church. Okay. Situational. I guess you could call it situational. Or chapter but... in life. Either one. We'll go with chapter. This this chapter in your life has you and that couple in the same place, roughly the same time area. Kids probably about the same age. I'm guessing. No. No. No, their kids are quite a bit older than my but two. Kids still. They've got kids. Yeah. Yeah. So that puts you roughly the same area together. So that type of relationship, not the same as the one we was talking about before. You don't really already have a connection. You you tried to get to that situation to start a relationship. I mean, it started with a high probably, or, hey, your kid's hitting my kid, or you want some candy, you know. (laughs) Hopefully not that last one. (laughs) You never know. Uh, But relationships like that, to me, looking at them, you are a little more likely to get away from quicker. You know, if you and your wife have a relationship with him and her, Mr. and Ms. Smith, um, we'll keep names out. Yes. Mr. Miss Smith over here. And Mr. Smith said something about your wife's shoes and it makes you mad. Well, that relationship's over. You know, I'm, I'm being facetious just a little. You can fill in the blank. Something could have, something could have been said, uh, misconstrued. Uh, kid could have punched the other kid. But those relationships can be walked away from fairly easy, depending on the age of it. You know, if you've got a six-month relationship with another couple, not individual. I'm Individual relationships are a little different, I think. Couple relationship with couple and kids, you know, that adds dynamic, dynamic, dynamic. You add all that together, you got three dynamics. And it's difficult to keep all those things moving at the same pace. Mm-hmm. But one falls off, maybe they add a kid or three, and now, now they've got six, you've got two. They're busy. <laughs> Let's just say they're very busy. Maybe the husband divorces the wife. Now she has the kids, and 
and your family's got a husband and a wife and hers doesn't no longer have a husband that dynamic dynamic. yeah so how does that relationship look on the other side of that is it still hold on or is it just now a relationship with the wife and the wife and the husband kind of gets she doesn't have one so is that relationship gonna last or is it just kind of gonna go away well i'm thinking it'd probably just kind of go away because in situational or uh, chapter of life relationships in general especially when you're talking about couple couple kid kid kind of thing you know when you think about a single relationship that you could have you could have grabbed elementary school maybe you had a friend in the second grade and and you and him you know hit your heads together on the playground and become friends that happens or (laughs) just the friend that you meet in high school say sophomore year of high school and then you go through high school together those two relationships the guy that you met in second grade Mm -hmm. and the guy that you met in sophomore year of high school Mm -hmm. you're more likely to be more connected to stay connected to that guy that you met in second grade compared to the guy that you met in sophomore year of high school how so Length of time. Length of time. But, I mean, are you capable of kindling a relationship or having it continue from second grade on? I mean, is that something that's going to happen generically or, or real, real to life? You're going to keep that relationship continuing to move down the road as a second grader? How does that happen? You find, well... Common interest. Common interest. I uh, like wrestling. I like wrestling. Hey, we're friends. You know? Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, he's second grade talking. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I can, I remember growing up, going to church. I had two best friends. We grew up together as we got into middle school, going to three different schools. Uh, I guess in elementary school, it was more of, I looked forward to going to church, seeing my friends, because I was young, going to see my two best friends. We would always spend the night over at someone's house, and then as we grow up, those relationships change to where one's going to one school, another go to another, Mm -hmm. and then I went to a completely different school. Situational. Situational. Mm -hmm. But we would... I guess you, we would still do things at church together, whether mm-hmm. it's hanging out at church, mm-hmm. but we wouldn't like spend the night at someone's house. It would yeah. just it would just be seeing them at church. Yeah. Then even going into high school, you've got sports that go mm-hmm. into it. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with situational relationships. Uh, it's part of life. I think it helps you grow. And as you grew apart from going to the same school, going to the same church, doing spending the night and everything to maybe going to separate schools or other churches, and as those relationships start to spread out, it's difficult to talk about wrestling to little Tommy mm-hmm. if he's not around you. I know they got cell phones and whatnot, but still difficult to look him up and say, do you see what Hogan did last night? (laughs) 
Well, yeah, it could, as people grow apart, the more these, I guess for me, the more people feel like strangers. Yeah, yeah. And for me, talking with a stranger is very difficult. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of weeks ago, one of those, one of my two friends from uh, elementary school and church found out that he's getting married. They were having a wedding uh, shower at our church and I saw him, but I couldn't get up the courage to go talk to him and ask how things are going. And so that we have not had a, I guess you would say we haven't had a friendship in so long that now, do you think the friendship is, do you think the friendship is no longer there or do you think it's there, but it's very weak? Honestly, I think the friendship is done because to have a quote-unquote friendship, mm-hmm. you've got to somewhat keep in touch. When you okay. when you go for there's people that go can go six months, but they can come together and it's been like nothing. Mm-hmm. But when you go, my best fr- my best friend from high school, it's been thirteen years. If I saw him today and tried to, we would have to find something again to rekindle that relationship. Could you talk about what you used to talk about? Probably not because it's been so long. You can't remember it. I can't remember last week. I got you. Check. So you mentioned something. Um, and so, I've got to ask a question. When is a friendship or relationship over? Okay, so you and your friend uh, don't see each other anymore, and there was a time when you were good friends. When did that relationship stop existing as a relationship? Because Here's why I ask. Because as an adult, I've got friendships, relationships that haven't seen these people in 10 years. I have text, I have called, but I haven't seen them. But the original relationship that was 10, 20 years ago is still in play. It's still intact. Because you're still keeping in touch. But is a text keeping in touch? Yeah. Because you're still communicating. When what that when that, that communication is, What if that's one sided? Like one person is reaching out. I know some people really take offense. Like, okay, you have a relationship, guy and a guy, uh forty years old. They've been friends since they were twenty. And one moved to Wyoming, one lives in South Carolina. So they they contact two or three times a year, maybe talk on the phone 30 minutes an hour. But then, you know, a couple of years down the road, the one in uh, Wyoming is giving, giving his old, old buddy a text and he didn't get one in return. 
But now his feelings are hurt. Well, I'm not texting until he texts me back. Well, maybe his buddy in South Carolina was in the middle of a hospital stay or funeral or something. And so, you know, he gets through with his crisis, sees that his friend in Wyoming had texted him, and maybe he thought, well, man, I've missed the boat or, you know, should I get in contact with him now? Whatever. Where, where does that, like, and again, if guy A and guy B were using here, Wyoming and South Carolina for some reason, that one decides, well, I'm not talking to them no more. That has to happen at some point in every relationship that ends. But that guy on the end that's not receiving a text or a call, he's ended the relationship. The other one don't know that. <laughs> he's on the other. He's still in a friendship with this fellow. You know, so he's he don't know that's going on. So that could be a one-sided ending to a relationship. Yeah. But, I mean, you have romantic relationships. I, I know we didn't want to talk about But there are romantic relationships where people are like, it's one-sided. One person's in the relationship. The other one's got both feet and two arms outside of the relationship. Yes. It's like that relationship is over, one but only one of them did. knows it. Yeah. Yeah. So a relationship can end mm -hmm. without one of them even knowing it. Yeah. When the other one realizes it, then it's legitimately over as a relationship or friendship. Friendship, yeah. So uh, there was another uh, relationship that I thought talked about a family a little bit. Um so what about, like, and I know I've mentioned a little bit of this, when you're in the, when you're early on in elementary school and you make friendships, relationships um, with classmates, some of those last, some of them last until you get out of that class and into the next year. You know, so on and so forth. And so some of those can grow into lifelong relationships, friendships. Um, I, have a, I have a couple of those. Um, one in particular, he, um, me and him was good friends early on in elementary school. Uh, we have tons of stories to tell about. Remember when you did this? Remember when you did that? <laughs> Tons of those stories. And, you know, out of all the guys and girls I had friendships with, and that early relationship uh, that I have with my friend, you know, all the stories we have and can share, that didn't go on with everybody I went to school with. I went to a small school, didn't have a whole lot of people. But, you know, each year you become friends with a new person or a, or one that you've been to school with. Some of that I would classify as acquaintances. So I think acquaintances are important in relationships. 
because an acquaintance is a relationship. Uh, it's not a heavy relationship. You know, you're not going to be friends, you know, probably for 20, 30 years. But for a time, it is a relationship of whether sorts. It, whether it's a day or two or three weeks, it's right. still a relationship. I think we had, and I can remember ones in, again, elementary school, you had acquaintances for years. They weren't necessarily friends, wouldn't necessarily call on them today, but you were acquainted, you were together for quite a few years. It's like you knew, you knew of them, you knew, but yeah. you weren't like, you wouldn't go to parties together no. or I say parties. I never, oh, you did say parties. I, I could did. see a third grader going to party, you know, birthday parties, birthday yeah. parties. They're awesome. But I think acquaintances are important in the grand scheme of relationships. Not everybody you meet in school are going to be long-term friends. I can tell you of a handful of school relationships that turned into long-term friendships. Handful. <laughs> yeah, for sure one, but any more, I have to think twice. But now, are you in this, you the same boat there? I mean. Yeah. Uh, there, There's plenty of people that I knew of that I wasn't friends with them, but I knew of them. We could have a conversation about something that was going on in school or life or whatever, but we weren't friends. It wasn't going past that. I can remember uh, seventh grade-ish, the health teacher asked a question. I still remember this this day. Seventh grade was a few minutes ago. He asked a question. He said, how many... I don't know if he said good friends, but he specified more than just an acquaintance, like good friends or like number one friends or everybody's question. I remember it really well, don't I? But, you know, I didn't actually hear the question well at the time. And I threw up a number, uh, 20. It's like, wow, 20 close friends. Maybe it's close friends. 20 close friends? And people behind me were like, you know, one and zero. And I felt dumb. I was like, oh, now I understood what he was talking about. But that stuck with me, not just that day for the rest of my life. I'm thinking, how many close friends do I actually have? Ask yourself that question. I mean, excluded mom, dad, grandparents, wife, kids. Exclude that. People that you had to make an effort to be a friend with, to have a relationship with, how many close ones of those do you have? Oh, I Easily I can tell you I have at close friends. Close. Very, um, yeah, close. That's a, that's, a, that's a word you really need to emphasize on what I'm trying to get across. So do you want it as couples that I'm friends with no. or the individuals? One, one, an individual. And here, this, I don't think this is throwing a curveball, but you being a guy, mm -hmm. married mm -hmm. guy, 
In my opinion now, this is totally my opinion, you can't be close friends with a female. That's my opinion. I don't think it's smart to even try that these days, but yeah. Or any days. Yeah. But But close friends, you and close friends, you have a big long list of them or is it maybe three? Don't be me in seventh grade health class and throw out a hundred. For me, it's a very, it's a very small list. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm introverted. My wife's extroverted. She has tons of friends, but the people that I have, I'm very, I find it hard for me to get close to somebody. If you had a flat tire and your family's out of town, and you don't have a spare. Who are you calling? I can't call my wife. No. <laughs> There's no family around. No, I just want you to think of it in your mind. Who's that guy that you would call up? Do you have that guy in your mind? You see who it is. Not family. All your family's gone. They went to uh, the ocean, and they didn't ask you to go. You're here. You're in town all by yourself. Um, So you've got to call someone. Do you have that person on your mind? No, I... Honestly, I don't, because I'm somebody that... You can't fix it yourself. I know. Okay. I understand that. Yeah. But where I'm coming at it from is I don't... Because a lot of times when you have a friendship, you're not only having the good... You're not only sharing the good stuff, but also the bad stuff. And I'm very... I don't like putting my problems on other people. Okay, this is totally hypothetical. I know it's hypothetical. Your family's at the ocean without you, okay? It's just totally hypothetical. If but, I, But that's where I'm coming from. Is so you don't have a list of 12 that you're like, that's that's the one. That's the one well, I want. Well, I have a list of... I have a list of people that if I were to call them, mm. they would come. But you wouldn't consider them a close friend. I, I, that's where I'm coming from is I wouldn't feel, okay. I wouldn't feel right about calling somebody. You generally would not ask someone for help. Correct. I'm saying, same one. I generally would not ask someone for help, generally speaking. But let's say your arm was twisted behind your back by a ghost and you had to choose someone. Who's the ghost? <laughs> Punch okay. the ghost in the face and run. But you see what I'm saying? Who's, I, it don't even have to be the flat tire scenario. I, I see where you're coming yeah. from with the scenario and everything. Yeah. I just, there, there, are, there are people that I am friends with mm-hmm. through the fact that we're th- friends through couple things. Mm-hmm. But I don't have somebody that... I go hang out with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Well, you're married, and I'm going to tell you that hanging out on a regular basis thing, I think we talked about in the last yes. episode, uh, not a good idea. No. Uh, so, but, okay. But I think we should strive for having somebody that you can talk to outside of whether it be husband or wife. You need, yeah. we all need somebody sure. that. Sure. So that's kind of my next point is workplace relationships. Are we going to talk about us now? Which we have. Uh, We do work together. 
we do have relationship. Do you have in a workplace, not necessarily ours, but any workplace, do you have a relationship with virtually everyone you're around just for the fact you're at the same place, same time, doing this virtually the same thing? Is there a relationship there with everyone you're around? Depending on how big or small the company well, is, yeah. Generally speaking, I mean, the place could, they could have 800 workers. But your environment, just like your town, you don't know everybody in your town, but you know the ones around you that you encounter on a regular basis. Workplace, same way. Well, it's like working here, I can have a relationship with nine different people. That's easy because that's not that many people. Out of the 100 that work here. Well, I'm saying, yeah, the 100 that work here. I can have a relationship with... nine people encompass your work area. Yes. So you can have a relationship of some kind, a good one or a bad one, with the people that you encounter at your workplace on a daily basis. That can be good. That can be bad. But it is a relationship. relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just because me and another guy are not seeing eye to eye, we still have a relationship. Mm, It's still there. It might not be a good one either, but But it is a relationship. Yes. And so as we think about the workplace and relationships on the workplace, I could see, again, not just necessarily where we work, but in general, you know, in the world where people work, come together, you know, you might see your workmates more than you see your People at your ever who's living at your home, whether it's your spouse, aunts, uncles, kids, you might see workplace individuals way more than you see people or the same amount, right? So, you're going to have good days, bad days. Right? I like regular, I like regular days. They don't ramp up, they don't shoot you straight down. They're just regular days. I like those. You like to be regular? I like to be regular. Hey, when you get older, the small things that you grab onto in life, regular is a good thing to be around people on a regular basis on a regular day. That's me. That's regular. A routine. A routine. I like that. So you're going to have these relationships on the workplace. Whether you actually want them or not, they're going to be formed over some time. And, you know, when you start out on a job, think about your very first day on the job. You have a certain feeling, a certain newness to it. Relationships are exactly like that. When you start one out, it's got a newness to it. Everything they say is funny. You laugh at everything. Well, a couple of years down the road, they're not so funny. They smell funny. They, yeah, you do jo- smell funny. Their, their jokes are not as slick as you thought they once were. So you start having to look around the cool stuff, and now eh, that person's just average, and, you know, they don't really. But that's how relationships go. It's not going to be all first day on the job feeling you get it's like a relation it's like a romantic relationship you get comfortable you get comfortable that's not a terrible thing 
you do need to watch need to watch out for that i guess is the best way to put it because when you get comfortable with something you start taking it for granted yes absolutely and when you take something for granted the other side of that is also a human being mm-hmm. with feelings and and they're having up and down days too <laughs> And so you get on a you you go you get low, they get low. Whether if it's workplace relationship or home relationship or whatever that is, you're both on a low, and then you meet up, and oof, that could look real bad. Home life could turn upside down. But you know you we're not going to be up every day. That's not going to happen. You're going to have your ups and downs. That's that's life, ebb and flow of life. So how do we, how do you like to make relation, uh, see, how, what would the good word, um, make relationships last, I guess, because if they become stale, they become regular, if you will, or lower than that, how would you, okay, me, you and I have known each other for... 13 years? 13 years. No. About 11 years. 11 years? We worked together. Been a minute. Yes. Uh, So, in that time, you haven't always known a lot about me. You knew some. I knew some about you. As the time has went on, you've learned some about me. I've learned some about you. And maybe some that you forgot. You didn't want to remember it. And same way with me. There's things about you. Maybe I was like, I don't want to know about that, about the guy. And then we decided to make a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And then then there's this. But, you know, in any relationship, whether it's workplace, home, or school that we were both in. Not at the same time. Yeah, I could have been a teacher when you were in school. (laughs) Yeah. But those relationships ebb and flow up and down most of the time sideways, but up and down uh, sometimes. How do you see you making relationships last? Or are you one to not want relationships to last? Maybe you sabotage them on the front end. Some people do that sabotage relationships so they don't have to continue them on. I see myself not even trying to make the, I guess you'd call the attempt for a relationship. I, instead of taking the chance at possibly screwing up a relationship with somebody, I just don't even try. So you would rather not have a relationship than have a relationship and the opportunity to screw it up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because right. I don't go out there and talk to people. when at, You're talking to them right now. This is, this is different. <laughs> I mean, I'm not face-to-face with somebody. Somebody well, is. thanks. Well, I'm face-to-face with you, but I mean, I'm, <laughs> I've known you for how long. I feel, a couple of minutes. We, we've gotten to the point where I feel comfortable having these conversations with you. I can't just go up to somebody and start this 
conversation. If you walked up to a restaurant and started talking to somebody like this, they'd think something's wrong with you. <laughs> this takes a while to cultivate, yeah. you know, been able to sit down and discuss. Do you think that... There's something wrong with me? Yes. <laughs> Not at all. Do you think that a preacher, would you be able to tell a pastor your deepest worries, scares, fears, if you will, whether you've known him, which, well, that's the question. Would you be able to tell a pastor your secrets or your worries or your things you're scared that's coming or has happened? Do you think you'd be able to have that conversation with him? Being who I am, no. That That's on me though because i i'm always too afraid of what somebody else might think about me not that they might go uh tell somebody about it it's they have they think something about me that's i perceive as negative and so i don't I don't want them to think of me like that, so I don't feel comfortable telling them. So how someone else perceives you is very important to you. I think it is to most people. I, I guess so. I mean, yeah. I always tell myself that I don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. But deep down. But deep down I do, yeah. Kind of do, yeah. I guess it's I don't care what. It's a group of people. They'll never see me again. Mm-hmm. No, I don't care what they think. Yeah. But if it's, like you said, a preacher. Mm-hmm. Counselor. Counselor. Yeah, I, I'm i going to see them multiple times, mm-hmm. and I don't... You're not going to let go. You're just going to be tight and keep your, your it, thoughts it, to It's yourself. also a feeling of being vulnerable, because mm-hmm. when you tell somebody your flaws, mm-hmm. you're, you're vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just something I'm not comfortable with. I think that's a guy thing. Or you think in general guys and women are that way? There there are women like that, but I believe it's a I think it's a way that we've We've realized you don't want you don't want someone to change your tire. You don't want your family going on vacation without you. Because you're gonna be on the side of the road walking home. Nobody's changing that tire. But no, seriously, when you when you say those things out loud and I hey, I'm right there with you. When you say those things out loud, you realize, you look back and you think, why didn't that relationship work with that friend? Or, hey, you just answered it. You don't want them to change your tire. You don't want to tell them nothing secret about you. Which, I mean, I think the same way. If I tell someone a secret, they're going to go tell somebody else. They're not going to just keep it to themselves. It's going out to the world, whether it could be a large world or a small world, but it's going out to somebody else. So I'm very guarded on what I tell folks. I guess me and you could, we have the same, I know it sounds strange, have the same view on something, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how. Many people feel that way. And why Why is that? Should you feel that way? Should you be guarded on your secrets or should you just let them out? Just tell everybody everything. You ever met that person 
They just tell you everything. It's just they just roll it all out there. I've dated that person. Oh, you? Oh, wow, wow. That has its advantages. I guess you know where you stand in that relationship, pretty much. <laughs> so I was saying earlier about my good friend I've had since elementary school. Our relationship has ebbed and flowed as well. We haven't always seen eye to eye, and like you and I, rarely see eye to eye. And that, hey, that's great. As something I've learned from that relationship is this. The other person has the right to be wrong. <laughs> and you've got to respect that. That has to be a respect. You know I'm joking. The other person has their opinion as well. There's nothing wrong with it. The, the person that you have that relationship with, friendship with, they need their own opinion. I've said it before, maybe on a podcast, maybe just me and you talking. But if everybody thought exactly like I thought, it'd be boring. Oh, yeah. It would definitely be boring. But at the same time, I think we're at a day and age right now where if you don't believe what I believe, we can't be friends. We can't have a relationship. I and, want nothing to do with you. And that not only does that go with friendships, but family relationships. If you don't believe like your family, you're saying, then you're not part of the family? What What are you saying there? Not that you're not a part of the family, but I don't want a relationship with you. Yeah. Because I have, I don't want to say, I've got family that is pro-abortion, pro-LGBT, LGBT, whatever, uh, pro-trans. Mm-hmm. And you're not. Well, the majority of my family is not. Mm-hmm. So they never come to family functions. We've never told them that, no, you cannot you come here. They so you think they secluded themselves? Yes. Because they think that the family's not going to accept them. No. no. I think it's... They don't want to be around people they don't agree with. Mm. So instead of finding common ground or not mm. even talking about those subjects, mm. it's we're just not going to come around at all. I see it from they don't want to be around us because they don't agree on the same things. Mm. And from I've heard from people that that happens quite a bit with people. Mm-hmm. Is certain But in general, is that, I mean, is that not the way of the world? If you don't think like I think, I'm not going around you. I mean, is that not kind of the way of the world? Oh, most definitely. You see it in politics. You see it in... You don't see it in the church? The Methodists aren't going to the Baptist church. The Church of Christ aren't going down to the Well, I mean, you go with that. There's Church of Christ that won't go with other That won't go with Church of Christ. You're right. So if you don't think exactly like I do, I don't want to be around you. Yeah. I mean, now, on the other side of that coin. I've seen it so much in in the community right here with the church I'm at and other churches of the same denomination around us. Mm -hmm. I'll admit I'm Church of Christ. Mm -hmm. People don't have to agree with that. But the church I go to, people have left, people have gotten angry, they've gone to these other churches, 
How do you think new churches get started? Well, I thought that's how they all got started. Somebody got mad. Yeah. I say that jokingly, but it's the truth. It is the truth. But part of part of it is forgiveness. It's Mm -hmm. not it's not you made me mad, so I'm no longer gonna do anything with you. Do you think those relationships though are so light to start with that there ain't a lot weighting them down to keep them keep them stabilized you know a relationship that's not a firm foundation it can just go and the person could care less yeah but if it's got a strong root system then that you know they're gonna be like you know what we need to work this out we need to make this work that's where it needs to go but Mm -hmm. there's too many times where so many people leave church a and go to church b Mm -hmm. church b has also been around for a while Mm -hmm. But because so many people got mad at something or someone at church A, mm-hmm. they don't want to do anything with them. Mm-hmm. Not not realizing, though, on the front end, the next church has as many problems as the first one. Yeah. Because there's people there, flawed people there. Well, so an example would be we hired a, we hired a preacher, him and a bunch of other people. Uh, preachers from other congregations got together Mm -hmm. and they started the series called greater together Mm -hmm. where bringing different congregations together uh, on a Sunday night and we take turns going to each other's places of worship. Mm -hmm. And as one group, we're all part of one church. We're just different congregations. Yes, we are. But because denominationally, do you think they would have done the same thing or same denomination, churches, buildings coming together? I think it's easier, more the same dom- denominations coming You say together. easier? Easier for the same denominations. The same denomination. Just because if you have multi-denominational, you get people disagreeing on what should be done here, what should be done there. I mean, that would happen in the same denomination as well, though. But, but probably broader uh, arguments, yes. if you will. Yeah. But but what I'm going at with this greater together thing mm-hmm. is, there's these other churches that have, I guess you'd call it bigger congregations. Mm-hmm. They think that they're better than all the other churches. Now now, the one church I'm talking about, I've gone to their church and listened to their preacher preach about how. They're so much better than any other church, mm. and I'm and not not just their congregation. They're a better quote unquote church, mm. and it's just, that's not right. No, uh, I'd be inclined to agree with you on that. That I mean, you take person A and person B in a relationship, friendship together, and person A says. My group of friends are over your group of friends, so let's just hang out with my friends because they're better. How's that relationship look? Same principle. You know, my church worships better, or our carpet's better, or flowers look better. We're more holy than them. What, I mean, what does that gain? That gains you isolation. Yeah. A relationship will get you the same thing. 
you know, we talk about the church because we're we're members in in different in, denominations, like, but we're both. Hey, we're the members of the church. Yes, and so when you try to isolate, you know, my ways or the highway, that doesn't work in individual relationships. That doesn't work in the church. You can't my way or the highway your way into anything. You need to be willing to listen to what someone else has to tell you. Guess what? They may be right. I know that's difficult for some, but the other person may be right, and they might— well, unless they're talking to me, unless then they're, they're all, you, like you. They're it. always wrong. I, I get it. I get it. I've lived. I've lived that before. It's a joke. I've lived that. But to listen to other folks' opinions and respect them for it. You know, our whole topic is relationships today, and to honestly and and you can say it, but not live it. But I'm talking honestly. Hear someone's opinion on whatever you're talking about. Take it, listen to it, respect it. You don't necessarily have to agree with it, but respect that person and think, hey, here's my opinion. I'll use an example. What do you think about homemade spaghetti? It's just a yes or no. You don't have to overthink it here. You like it or you don't? That's my problem is I overthink things. (laughs) You like it or you don't? Yes. Thank you. All right. So if I told you, hey, Chris. Wait, is it (laughs) gluten-free? I'm sorry. I had to. I have the most awesome spaghetti recipe of anybody. And I'm going to make some and you're going to love it. All right. What's your instant thought on that? I'll be the judge of that. You'll be the judge of that. You were probably thinking, well, the most awesome spaghetti you've ever had up to that point was... Fazoli's. Fazoli's. Your <laughs> no. favorite place. Uh, okay, so you're gonna you're already comparing my soon-to-be greatest spaghetti ever to Fazoli's, with, yes. with Fazoli's, right? Yes. You're already comparing before you've even tried it. Mm-hmm. Right? So when two churches come together, you say, hey, Chris, your church, my church are going to meet up Sunday, middle of the day. Because we can't meet up on Sunday morning. Because you've got to go to yours. I have to go to mine. But when we meet up, what are you already doing? You're already comparing what you're used to and this new thing that you're entering into. So I've got a point, trust me. <laughs> so before, and there's nothing wrong with the comparison in your mind, but go into that thinking, you know what? This spaghetti probably isn't going to taste like Fazoli's, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He may just at home. This is, he's not a franchise. He just went to the store, bought the ingredients, did the best he could, and we'll give him a grade on th- that. Not comparing him to Fasoli's. It'll be difficult to live up to Fasoli's. So as the church goes, if someone from that other church or the eight churches together says, and I know from what we've said, it'd be difficult for you to have a one-on-one conversation with church number seven over here. But if they said, well, hey, Chris, 
you know, the way your preacher preached about A, I don't necessarily agree with that. Here's what I think about topic A. All right. Your first inclination would be, -uh. (laughs) you're wrong. Instead of, okay, let's see what church number seven here has to tell me. And I'll listen. I'll take that in. I'll compare that to what I already have. Maybe they're right. You know, if we as a world could have this kind of mentality to listen to other folks, it don't mean if you talk to family member that supported gay rights or that doesn't mean you're going to be like them, but you give them the opportunity to speak. On the other side of that, family member that won't come around because they think they've already got it in their mind, you're going to be against them. That's wrong as well. And what have we always heard? Two wrongs. Make one right. (laughs) Two wrongs don't make a right. Never makes a right. So just because one side of political party one side of anything isn't always 100% right. But when you go into it thinking they're 100% wrong. And I'm 100% right. And I'm 100% right. What does that always turn out to be? A mess. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I wished, I wished everyone could have a friend that, or a relationship of sorts, that maybe does not look at the world like you do. It gives you the opportunity, because I think a lot of people surround themselves with only like-minded people, right? Yes. If you can have someone around you that maybe sees yellow when you see gray, I am colorblind, so that could actually happen. Green and red, that's the ones. You try driving in Florida with green and red colorblindness when the stoplights go side to side instead of up and down yeah you think it's not a problem it's a problem sun's shining real bright you're looking at that stoplight that you think means go and it's meaning stop it's a problem don't know how i got there but (laughs) here we are no when when you go into a thing when you go into a relationship or you've developed a relationship over the years with someone, you know, give them an opportunity to speak. Give them an opportunity to be right. Don't always have in your head that person's going to be wrong when they open their mouth. If they want to prove themselves right, it's going to take a 20-page essay, you know, and then I would question it. You know, give them an opportunity to be right before you automatically say they're wrong. You got to give everybody an opportunity. And I think that's a big problem these days is giving someone the opportunity to show their beliefs. Well, you know, I know we don't like to get political in here. We're just not that that kind. Not on here. Not on here. (laughs) But, you know... Whatever side of the aisle you are on politically, do you instantly think the other side's wrong? Or do you think, hey, the other side of that aisle has good ideas as well? Uh, just, uh, we're just 
honesty, flat out honesty. Right now, you you instantly think what? Because I know what the answer is. Yeah, you know that I, I already know what you know is. that I think that the other side is wrong automatically, automatically, automatically. Just because of it didn't start off that way. It but was did it? no. When I first started getting into the political landscape, I would listen to both sides, and then I would figure out I would on my own figure out what's right. But after so long of hearing the other side use the same arguments over and over and over again. I just see everything that they put out there is wrong and or evil. I could tell you that's by design. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What do I think about it being by design? Mm-hmm. Do you think it is or no? That's by design to make you think everything the other side says is wrong. If if I was getting my information from one source, yes. But I don't see that as much because... You watch C-SPAN ever? I rarely do people watch C-SPAN. But to I, me, yeah, it shows our federal government at work. That's Republicans, Democrats coming together, passing laws for this country, and folks working together. What we see... And I I use this term. I know you're going to say you don't, but it's just a term. When you watch the late local news and they have to, I'm going to date myself, they have to nationally inquire these these little snippets that they have. They got to get in weather and, and traffic report, and they throw in a little bit of politics. Just they have to nationally inquire the headline of it. Did you see what they did today? When you have to do that versus turning the channel a few hundred channels over to C-SPAN, where they have live coverage of our federal government at work, they don't have they don't nationally inquire the titles on what they're doing. You can watch them work. That's I know we didn't. Truth. I know we didn't want to get into politics. No, but we're that talking has, about relationships. Is but what that, we're about. but that's changed. No. Yes. No. Yes. You can whisper it <laughs> again. You got to give me the right to be right. I'm giving you the right to be wrong because <laughs> after this, I can go back and show you where you're wrong. But you're for just right going to edit it all out. But anyway, relationships in general, we, we talked about our families, talk about our friends in school, talking about workplace friends. You know, we don't necessarily have relationships with our political leaders. We kind of just take what we get, whether it be social media. What we feel is the lesser of two evils. For the most part. And that's a shame that we think that way. It's a shame. We are a government of the people. Um, you know, flawed We're supposed people. to be a government of the people. We are. We still are. And so for us to have... I think we have to make a concerted effort to have a... a, a, a we can call our representatives or people that's going to answer the phone we can get online we can we can look up what's going on in our districts 
see what's happening there, maybe in our towns. Um, we, If we want, we can have these relationships. So many times our lives look like get up, maybe take the kids to school, maybe just go straight to work, come home, eat dinner, do something with the family, get a shower, go to bed, get up the next day. That's our lives. And for us to make an effort on a regular basis to have a relationship with our elected officials, it's going to take a special effort. And how many of us have time to do that? Instead, we're going to see what's going on by what so-and-so said on social media yesterday, what the late local news headlined last night. That's going to be our take on our relationship with our elected officials. And that is by design. For the most part, I would agree with that, yes, for the most part. So do you think relationships that were formed early in life carry on stronger than relationships formed later in your life? Not necessarily other people, but like like for you, uh, 31-ish? Not yet. Close. Close, yes. Do you think relationships you formed in the last four or five years are stronger or weaker than relationships formed earlier in life? That's a hard one. I'd have, well, in all honesty, I would have to say the relationships that I have now are stronger than. That have made later. That I've made later yeah. now. This is just for myself. Mm-hmm. Relationships that I have made later in life are more are stronger than early relationships right. because I no, I'll leave it at this. I didn't make the uh, adjustments that needed to be made to prolong those relationships. I let I let those relationships dwindle. Maybe you didn't have the know-how to allow them to last or expand them, you know. Maybe you just didn't know. So many times I think our parents get, maybe it's me now that I think about Our parents get a terrible rap when we're in our, you know, 20s or so, and you're like, well, if my parents didn't do this, I wouldn't have wound up like that, and... My parents didn't do this. I wouldn't have went like that. And we just realized they're learning. They're learning to be parents. They're learning on us. But you learn. You learn when you have kids yeah, that what they had learning to by the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not all their fault. Very little of it. They tried their best. Yep. And I think relationship wise, if we give it all that we know, that's all you expected of. Your relationship's not going to look like somebody's that's been, you know, in a relationship 25 years with somebody. It's not going to look like that. You hadn't cultivated it enough. But for someone that you just met, like I said, it's a brand new toy. Boy, their jokes are funny. And we, boy, we're just having a good time with that until the the jokes aren't funny 
and ooh. <laughs> my jokes are always funny. Jokes are always funny, one hundred percent. Your jokes are the funniest jokes I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he kind of tailed off there at the end. Uh, so Quit being I, mean to me. Why are you so mean? I think, for the most part, I I would say personally, if I could if I could say this to folks, given other people the right to their opinion is is something out of love you know the bible tells us to love our neighbor our neighbor being who we're around so if we love that person like we love ourselves we're going to give that person an opportunity to have their opinion and respect it not just letting them say what they want to say but respecting their honest opinion now I will say mean people are still mean people. If they're trying to deceive or harm you, am I saying just let them do what they want to do? No, I'm not. That's not at all what I'm saying. Out of love and someone that would love you back and respect your word, that's a great relationship someone that's out to harm you or see ill for you you that's not a relationship that's something else that's not good get away from it run run but but to have that kind of love for someone that you have for yourself that Ultimately, to me, having a relationship with the Lord, that love that you have for the Lord, that relationship trumps anything else I can think of. That's a love full of what? Faith, grace, love. It's all right there. You, in faith, love the Lord to to that degree it trumps friendships with workplace schoolmates family members mom and dad even self yes that love trumps everything and i believe if you know that love you can have good relationships with folks you can have bad ones, but to give someone to give someone that kind of love, that kind of leeway, that's not trying to harm you. These are, you know, good good-willed people uh, from either side of the fence, from either side of the aisle, from you know. Yes, I say it all the time. That's why we have chocolate and vanilla ice cream. I like chocolate. You probably like strawberry or something no what do you like peanut butter and chocolate i like peanut butter and oh whatnot. my goodness i said chocolate and vanilla and you I come like, up with what? i like that peanut, peanut butter. butter chocolate peanut butter and chocolate yeah. peanut like the actual peanut butter take peanut butter mix it with chocolate ice cream you want to put some cheese on it no 
<laughs> she sounds terrible. That's but amazing. I'll give you the the opportunity and I would say I would try it, but I can't eat peanut butter and we won't talk about that today. Well, my peanut butter and chocolate's like your chocolate and jalapeno ice cream. Well, it was, no, I never tried it. Uh, I was scared of it. Like, uh, that sounds like a great thing, but I'm not trying it. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll, we'll try to do this again. Y'all have a good one.